pink, blue, midnight, starlight, red, 20% smaller notch, 28% brighter display, bigger wide angle, sensor shift wide angle, faster ultra wide, smart HDR4 with styles, 1080p 30 cinematic video, rack focus video, editable in post, A15 Bionic, 5RG but no Wi-Fi 6E or USB-C, longer battery life on all iPhones. But wait, there's Pro, Graphite, Gold, Silver, Sierra Blue, 25% brighter, up to 120 hertz ProMotion display, done right, but no one hertz always on lock screen in sight. 77 millimeter telephoto, ultra wide focus pixels, biggest wide angle ever, three times optical punch in, but no periscope or massive megapixel zoom. Macro photography, macro video with slow mo, ProRes 422 4K30, coming soon. Five core GPU, up to one terabyte. I'm Renee Ritchie, thanks to Maiden for sponsoring. Hit that subscribe button and bell so you don't miss the full review and so we can get to 300K. This is the iPhone 13. And yes, iPhone 13, because Apple just didn't shy away or try to skip the lucky number. Even though the shell is so similar that the iPhone 12 could just as easily have been an iPhone 12S this year, and Apple could have punted that non-problem down the calendar for another year, because the biggest design difference between the 12 and the 13 is the camera module, which on the non-pros is now diagonal in order to fit those much bigger cameras. Also the colors. Blue and red remain, though the blue is a little more teal and the red a lot deeper, but the black has been replaced with a more indigo midnight. White has been replaced with a slightly yellow starlight and mint green with a pale pink. Also gone is purple, which was a spring addition to the 12. So we'll have to wait and see if Apple does a spring addition to the 13 early next year, like maybe orange or something, not that I'm picking a favorite. On the pros, the cameras are also bigger, just totally shamelessly unabashedly bigger, bumped bigger, but the colors are similar, if not exactly the same. Very close silver and graphite, different gold, and a completely different blue. This year, less specific and more Sierra. So I guess that means the iPhone 14 will be high Sierra. Kidding. The notch is also 20% smaller by surface area on the iPhone 13, narrower if ever so slightly deeper, maybe. It's no less of a needle in my eye, but it is progress. And while the screen sizes and the physical height and width all have stayed exactly the same, the depth and weight did go up a bit, like 135 to 141 grams for the mini and 228 to 240 grams for the max. So RIP existing cases, which is probably for the best, best as in bigger batteries, but I'll get to that in a minute. Apple made it a point to point out that their OLED displays are custom Apple OLED displays, which is good because we've suffered through almost a half decade of lazy reporting and repeating, attributing everything good about the iPhone's OLED displays to Samsung when the relationship is much closer akin to chipsets. So the Apple Silicon team designs the A-series, even if TSMC fabricates them on their bleeding edge process. Likewise, Apple's display team designs the screens, even if Samsung fabricates them on their equally bleeding edge OLED process, which this year, thanks to the OLED panels being more efficient, the iPhone 13 display is going from 625 to 800 nits brightness, which means you'll be able to see it more easily outdoors and in the sun. Same 1200 nits as last year for peak HDR brightness though. For iPhone 13 Pro, it's going from 800 to 1000 nits brightness, but it's also staying at the same 1200 nits peak for HDR, which is interesting because it's less than the 1600 nits of peak brightness 
for the mini LED display on the current iPad Pro. The much, much bigger news for the Pro displays though is ProMotion, which is similar to what the iPad Pros have had since 2017. It lets the iPhone 13 Pro ramp up to 120 Hertz for gee smooth scrolling or intense gaming, but ramps even further down to 10 Hertz to conserve power for more static content like a photo or an ebook. Not down to one Hertz though, which is what the Apple Watch does for its always on display. So no always on lock screen display, at least not this year. Rather than high refresh, what ProMotion does is adaptive refresh, which is something that just wasn't possible with OLED at iPhone volumes until now. Like Samsung literally could not fab enough panels for an LTP OLED iPhone Pro order until now, which is why I think Apple also pointed out that in addition to dynamically shifting the refresh rate from 10 to 120 Hertz, to balance efficiency and performance, they're also doing it without destroying the brightness or color management or vice versa, which even though it's never been widely reported, just hasn't been true of previous 120 Hertz or higher refresh rate implementations at all. So yes, absolutely, people can, maybe even should yell about Apple not just yoting 120 Hertz into the spec sheet, comment section, all caps, first exclamation mark one, but it sounds like they waited and did it right. Of course, we're gonna have to wait for the full review to see if they did it right. So seriously, hit that subscribe button and then we can all move on to complaining that it's not 420 Hertz, which is where the human eye pretty much just taps out for refresh rate. And hey, an Apple nerd can dream. The iPhone 13, all models have better 5G, which just means more support and more efficiency on more carriers in more countries and more regions which given how power hungry and disparate 5G deployments can be, is a lot more complicated than it sounds. Apple, of course, didn't come out and say they're using Qualcomm's newer X60 modem, but they also didn't mention anything about satellite-based emergency calling or disaster reporting features, as some rumors suggested they might. And yeah, no N53 band either, RIP. Also no Wi-Fi 6E, which adds six gigahertz to the spec and is what I've personally been holding out for. So add that to the maybe next year list. Uncharacteristically for Apple, they didn't say too much about the silicon this year, but maybe they're saving more details on that for the presumed Mac event later this fall. Either way, we did get the A15 Bionic, Apple's next generation IP. Four efficiency cores, two performance cores, 16 neural engine cores, and four graphics cores. But for the iPhone 13 Pro, five graphics cores, presumably to help drive that ProMotion display and maybe for ProRes video, which I'll get to in a hot codec minute. Also, there's double the system cache, which is something Apple's been leaning into aggressively, massively for a while now and really keeps things feeling instantaneous. Apple did say there's a new display engine, in part at least to drive the adaptive refresh rate for the iPhone 13 Pro and a new always-on touch coprocessor, which is what lets that refresh rate adjust at the speed of your finger. Also new video encode and decode blocks, maybe for cinematic video, which I'll get to in a max excite minute, or that ProRes. It's still five nanometers, though rumor has it is on an updated process, but Apple didn't do any year over year performance comparisons, choosing instead to just dunk all over how much better they perform than Qualcomm's latest and greatest. So we'll have to wait for early reviewers to once again forget that Geekbench auto uploads all the tests to the web to find out for sure what the individual single and multi-core performance changes really are. Ditto for RAM quantities. In general though, Apple seems to be focusing less on raw compute cores and more on silicon features to support the hardware and software features, which given they're already just crushing lead in compute cores, kind of makes all the sense it does. The storage options have also been doubled. So they all start at 128 gigabytes now, but the Pro goes all the way up to one terabyte for a price. Apple's using the extra breathing room that they're getting from that new diagonal camera layout on the iPhone 13 and iPhone 13 mini 
for a new f1.6 wide angle camera with a bigger sensor and bigger 1.7 micron pixels, meaning it can just suck in 47% more photons for brighter, cleaner imaging. It's also sensor shift now, like the iPhone 12 Pro Max was last year, which is Apple's name for the in-body image stabilization or IBIS. So crisper photos and steadier video even on the iPhone mini. Also the F2.4 ultra wide gets a faster sensor that improves detail in dark areas and shadows. And it's even more ultra better on the Pro. It captures almost double the light and it has focus pixels, what Apple calls phase adjust focus and a redesigned lens that lets it double as a macro camera as close as two centimeters. That's pro only because it uses the ultra wide and only the pro has autofocus on the ultra wide. For the wide angle, it's f1.5 now and can capture more than twice as much light. Also sensor shift on both the Pro Max and the Pro wide angles now. And yes, that means the iPhone Pro and the iPhone Pro Max are once again identical, camera systems included, everything but the display size and battery life, and more on that in a minute. The new telephoto is 77 millimeter equivalent, which is a big step up from the 52 millimeter on the 12 Pro and even the 62 millimeter on the 12 Pro Max, much, much closer to 80 millimeter, which is just a staple of portrait photography. But F2.8, which is slower than the 12 Pro's F2.0 and even the 12 Pro Max's F2.2, because when it comes to physics, everything really is a trade-off. It does give you 3X optical zoom, which is really 3X optical punch-in, and that's more than the 2X of the 12 Pro or the 2.5X of the 12 Pro Max. So basically close-ups will just be closer up than ever, but it's still not a 5X or 10X or even bigger zoom, the kind that periscope cameras or massively megapixel sensors have been delivering on other phones going on a couple of years now. And it's pretty much the only area of traditional photography Apple hasn't addressed, at least not this year. There are also smart photographic styles now, which let you set a custom personalized tone and warmth. And Apple has defaults like vibrant, rich contrast, warm or cool, but you can tune them to your liking and then set them for all of your shots. And unlike dumb filters, they let you add drama or change cast without messing up skies or skin tones. Then there's smart HDR4 or Apple's fourth generation computational photographic algorithm for bright light. This year, it can also segment individual faces. So contrast, lighting and skin tones for each and every person in a shot. There's also deep fusion for indoor lighting and night mode, which is faster now for extreme low light. And it looks like all those camera modes are now across all the cameras. ProRes will be coming to the iPhone 13 Pros at some point, which is Apple's pro video codec for high fidelity recording and editing. It's ProRes 422, so decidedly not raw, but the file sizes will still be big enough that the 128 gigabyte model will be restricted to 1080p 30 and only the 256 gigabyte and up models will get 4K 30 because it's gonna fill up fast, even if it's not arriving fast, but only later this year. Coming right away is a lot more of the smart HDR4 style features for video for the first time, including better dynamic range, better highlights, better spatial details and semantic rendering, which is that separation of individual scene elements for individual and specific processing. Then there's cinematic video, which is basically portrait mode or depth effect for video with rack focus thrown in for maximum cinematography flex. It uses stereo disparity, which I think is the difference between the camera perspectives along with the new neural engine. Even then it's only capable of crunching up to 1080p 30 right now, because calculating consistent depth effect across adjacent frames is crushing. Now you can control it manually by tapping if you want to, 
or you can let the iPhone neural engine be your autopilot. That tracks and stays on the closest set of eyes. And if they look away, it'll pull focus to the next closest set and come back if they look back or enter or exit the frame. Even better, in addition to being able to pull focus and adjust depth of field in the camera app, Apple stores the information along with the video so you can go back and edit or change it later in post, either in the Photos app, iMovie, or Final Cut Pro, though the Mac versions of those will require updates coming later this year. Now it looks terrific, maybe even transformative in the demos, but so did portrait mode photography at the beginning. So before we get just all shades of hype about it, we have to see how well it holds up or falls apart in real world testing. Now the Pro also gets macro video, including slow-mo and time-lapse, which means you know we'll be seeing so many flower grams and bug talks, it won't even be funny, just so many. After taking a bit of a pounding with the iPhone 12s, the iPhone 13s are back with much bigger battery vengeance, and the Pros look like they have even bigger L-shaped batteries now as well. On top of that, Apple's once again using more efficient chipsets, displays, and software optimizations to just eke every amp out of every millimeter. And Apple says they'll get about 1.5 hours more from the 13 mini and the 13 Pro, and two and a half hours more from the 13 and 13 Pro Max than last year's models. But that's like an average daily use case across a wide range of tasks. For highly optimized tasks, Apple lists two, three, and five hours more for the mini on local video, streaming video, and audio playback, all the way up to a whopping eight, 13, and 15 hours more, again, for optimized tasks on the Pro Max model. And Apple is usually pretty good with battery claims, but as always, I'll be testing to see how they cope with just every screen and radio screaming on Pokemon Go. Now there was some really weird speculation that chipsets were gonna force the pricing to go up for the iPhone 13, which never made any sense to me because Apple buys in such huge volumes and locks in pricing so early, especially for the chipsets, that it's just managed to the point of being inconceivable this late in the cycle. New nodes may new node, but for this year at least, the iPhone 13 costs exactly the same that the iPhone 12 cost last year starting at $729 for the mini, $829 for the regular, $999 for the Pro, and $1099 for the Pro Max. Carriers are doing a ton more incentives this year though, so it really is worth checking for trade-ins or other offers. Now, the typical iPhone upgrade cycle these days is between three to five years. So for anyone still on an iPhone 8 or 10 or earlier, even an iPhone XS, the sum total of new and improved features on the iPhone 13 will be compelling. If you're on an iPhone 11 or iPhone 12 though, you have to really, really want that 120 hertz promotion or need that new cinematic video and camera systems to even consider upgrading. That is if you're not already on an annual iPhone upgrade program or a two year carrier turnover plan, then that pretty much makes a decision for you. Otherwise, my always advice is wait as long as you can to upgrade, upgrade when you really need to, get the best you can afford, and then enjoy the hell out of it with zero regrets because there will always be something new and something next. It's why build quality is just such a priority for Apple and the iPhone, just like it is with today's sponsor, Maiden, who've worked with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, knives, and wine glasses, who recognizes cooking is the closest a human can ever come to actual alchemy, especially since I've been stuck at home for the last long while, and I wanted, nay, needed, to upgrade my cooking game to just beyond restaurant levels. I needed made-in quality pans that distribute heat evenly so I can cook some eggs from stove to oven, fuss over a grilled cheese so the edges brown and crunch but don't burn, smash a burger to get that crispy, crispy lattice on the outside but full-on caramelization still on both sides, 
and made-in delivers with premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup and with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, because you're watching this video, Made-in is offering you 15% off your first order with promo code Rene, R-E-N-E. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made-in products. Just go to madeincookware.com slash Rene and use promo code Rene, R-E-N-E, for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash Rene, promo code Rene. And clicking on that link really helps out this channel. Hit the playlist above for in-depth breakdowns on everything Apple announced today and everything we're still expecting this year. Just hit that playlist and I'll see you in the next video.